So Marshall, I I do find it ironic that in this episode, or at least in today's sidebar, we're talking all about the new Apple updates. And they're really leaning into like quality of life improvements for iCloud and syncing and cross device stuff. Like I feel like every announcement was like, by the way, this will work on all of your devices. And as we're setting up to record this episode, Notes just refuses to sync. And we <laughs> cannot coordinate Notes at all. To the Google Docs. <laughs> Welcome to episode 401 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Lovin. And I'm Marshall Black. Welcome back for another episode. Brian, how are you doing? Coming at you from my parents' basement. (laughs) I'm in Colorado. Yeah, you've been traveling. That's why this episode is a little bit late for those listening contemporaneously. Apologies for the delay, everybody. We, We normally plan it so that while I'm traveling, you know, like pop into a hotel and record in the evening and we'll make it work. But this time around... Uh, in a cabin with no Wi-Fi. So I texted, but I had service. I had cell service. I texted Marshall. I'm like, it's not happening. We have to delay. And unfortunately, that meant delaying two extra days. And then it was a long drive today, so we're getting to it late tonight. Anyways, thanks everyone yep. for, for your patience. Yeah, this is usually when an episode comes out this morning, but we're recording tonight. So uh, a late yeah. one for this episode, but hopefully it's a good one. We got some cool things to talk about. We're going to be talking about three dots for the main topic and WWDC for the sidebar. So stick around for that if you are a vit. Before we get into everything, huge shout outs to Around. Around is a tool for lightweight video calls that floats on your desktop. One of my favorite features. It is so cool automatically emailing all of the notes from the meeting after the meeting. It's great. We love it. We use it. Check it out at around.co slash design details. Thank you, Around. Thanks, Around. All right. We also have some new VIPs, some very important pixels who have joined the fam this week. Welcome to the fold. Hope I don't mess up your names too much. Shoutouts to Try Win, Michael Wang, Justin Watts, Michael Gulliver, Baruch Pai, and Tara Urso. Welcome to the fam. Welcome aboard. Be sure to catch your sidebar this week. We're going to be digging into that dub dub, sweet, sweet new software announcements. Mm-hmm. If you didn't know, we are a listener supported podcast, which means that people like you, just like you, yes, uh, make this show possible every single week. We're on Patreon at patreon.com slash design details. If you support us for just a buck a month, just a buck a month, just a buck a month for just a buck a month, you get access to a bonus segment every week called the sidebar sidebar sidebar. It's like a bonus episode. You get basically equal or sometimes even a longer second segment where we deep dive onto some other design topic this week. We're digging into our reactions to WWDC talking all about the cool new stuff coming in iOS 15, iPad OS 15, Mac OS Monterey, watch OS eight, and a few of the other cool announcements. If you want to hear us go on and on about all the cool happenings at DubDub, as well as past sidebars and future sidebars going forward, get that double episode lifestyle going. Head to patreon.com slash design details and support us. Thank you so much to everyone who joined the fam this week. Thanks, everybody. But let's get right into a little bit of follow-up. Marshall, last week we talked about software ever finished. Yeah. And uh, we got a tweet from Sean Sullivan on Twitter. Who says, IMO, that stands for in my opinion. <laughs> yes. 
IMO, software can be finished. Think about software that ships on non-internet connected devices. We used to always, quote unquote, finish software products pre-SaaS. Big examples today would be secure embedded software systems. And Marshall, I got to tell you, I read this tweet and I just felt like such an idiot. <laughs> Me too. I'm like, how did we not think of this whole class of software that powers like most things, right? That just happens to not be connected to the internet that we don't really think about, right? Like, I don't know, your stove and dishwasher and all this shit like has software in it at this point. But yeah, not talking to the internet right at once, once and done. Hope it works. No bugs. Otherwise, you end up in this like crazy world we're in where you have firmware updates for your toothbrush and all that shit. <laughs> but uh, it, this was a great call out. Thanks for the tweet, Sean. Yeah, there's a whole class of software that just frankly like isn't in my world. Like I don't think about it. I, I'm not interested in it. I don't know that I'd want to design for anything quite like that. I, I think I find so much of the joy in the iterative process. And if you couldn't, I mean, I guess you'd iterate between versions of a thing, but like not you wouldn't be able to go back and fix that little bug that's already shipped. So anyways, uh, it's a good call out, but ultimately just, yeah, not in my brain mm -hmm. at all. I mean, and like you said, maybe your toaster isn't talking to the internet, but maybe not for long. Like, you know, I mean, we're getting there, right? Yeah. It starts with Bluetooth and then that'll all just eventually fold over to syncing. I mean, you know, this calls back to maybe... 200 episodes ago when we were talking about electric toothbrushes and the latest whatever oral b mm -hmm. what, what do we have diamond care the, the diamond yeah yeah that thing has its own app like it has software updates it has yeah. an app the app has like an oral b account I, I can't what's the name of the company i keep whatever the name of the company that makes the toothbrush has a freaking sonic app sonicare sonicare thank you i don't know what i was thinking oral b well it is oral b it's wait sonicare it is oral b oral b, b. sonic yeah. <laughs> thank yeah, you yeah. thank you okay uh has its own app, has software updates, firmware updates. Hilarious. Anyways, you are correct, Sean. We we messed up. There's lots of stuff. But we're getting to a point where everything's going to talk to the internet. IoT. Uh, I think that has kind of been replaced by internet of shit, right? <laughs> Isn't that yeah, it is a bit of a, a shit storm. But if you can get it all working right, it's pretty cool. Yeah. We also got another tweet. Well, this wasn't to us. This was just about us. But uh, Sharmi Kapoor, hopefully I'm saying that right, tweeted their top three design and product podcasts. And, and we were on that short list, which is very cool to be on, on anybody's list. Yeah, top three. Yeah, yeah. But if you're listening to us and you came from that tweet, uh, welcome to the show. Hopefully you enjoy it. We're going to be uh, talking about some really nerdy design stuff here in a second. So uh, welcome to the show. Brian, you want to talk about nerdy design shit? <laughs> yeah, good old three dots. Mm, mm, mm. All right, Marshall, <sighs> three dots. Kick me off. Tell me what's going on. Okay, so I was watching Dub Dub, the keynote, and multitasking has been moved to a three dot in the center of the status bar on iPad. And I, it, it was the straw that broke the camel's back as far as three dots go, Brian. They're, they're everywhere. I see them everywhere and i feel like they've become a crutch so let's talk about it <laughs> let's talk about these three yeah dots. and i i guess i just gotta say up front i'm so guilty yeah like i'm a three dot fool like almost every view of the app that i work on has some kind of three dot usually housing like nav bar actions like share and report or whatever like some tertiary moderation actions but anyways i lean on this 
freaking three dot yep. all the time. I don't speak for YouTube, but I work on YouTube, and we got three dots everywhere. Everything has three dots. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> so what do those three dots do, yeah. Brian? Well, usually they trigger a contextual menu or a popover or an action sheet. Basically extra stuff that won't fit in the cell. So actions that you would have there, but there's just no room for them. So this is like in a navigation bar at the top where it's like you can have room for two or maybe three icons, but everything else, if you want to put it up there, it's a top level root level thing. It goes into the overflow or uh, on a list item, like a song and a track list or something like that. And you have the actions that you would want to do on that song, three dot on the right side or in a card, like in the new news design in iOS 15, there's a three dot on every card now. So, Brian, basically it's become a junk drawer for all the stuff that won't fit or that you want to not surface intentionally. Here's where the transition, I think, kind of happened is it used to be that you would have a hamburger menu as the junk drawer for like the top level navigation destinations, right? You'd have home, notification search, and then your hamburger with all the shit. We all made fun of apps that had we crazy hamburgers. It. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 you cheater, you throwing everything into a hamburger. Yeah, you couldn't figure out a more elegant solution. Lazy. <laughs> and then I feel like that escaped the product hierarchy and worked its way into like a single view hierarchy, usually in the nav bar, right? Like the nav bar would say, okay, for this view overall, here's the secondary or tertiary actions that you might take on this particular view. And then the third wave of evolution was pulling three dots into individual cells or, or like in a table header or something like that. It's like not only do you need something, some secondary actions for this view, but you need some secondary actions for this group of content or even all the way down to this very specific piece of content, right? Like a piece of news or a song. So now at this point, you got three dots sitting at every level of hierarchy that I think it's kind of lost its meaning in each context, except broadly as, to your point, the junk drawer. It's like, there's just going to be shit there, and you know that if you tap it, you're going to find some stuff, Mm -hmm. and you don't know what that stuff's going to be because it's going to be different for every kind of cell you're tapping on. Yeah, and and I think that's kind of the idea. It's like, well, the the trade-off here is, yeah, there are three dots everywhere, but on the good side, we get to clean up what we do show, right? We can shove all of our junk in that drawer and just keep out the really nice yeah, stuff, yeah. the things that we want you to do or the things that we want you to see. So that's, a, that's I mean, that's a reasonable trade-off to make, but you end up with three dots everywhere. And, you know, I hope you don't have trypophobia or whatever it's called, the whole thing where, like, uh, you get triggered by, by a bunch of dots. Yeah, because uh-huh. that's the future we're headed for. So... Let's talk about the dots themselves. Um, there's a couple different ways that they appear. So Apple uses only the horizontal orientation of dot, 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 like an ellipsis. But Google has a vertical version. They also use the horizontal version, but uh, they have a vertical version of this thing called the overflow icon, I think is the name for it. Anyways, there's an interesting point here about like the, the advantages and disadvantages of each of these things, right? So Apple has done a, a smart thing by wrapping the three dots into a circle, which helps balance that icon and make it feel more at home and, and have the same visual weight that other icons that might be living next to will have. But when it's vertical, like how Google does it, it creates a lot of really wide padding on the left and right, which can be exacerbated by placing it next to a screen edge, which it usually is in a, in a top nav, right? Right, yeah. Breaks your key line a little bit. It breaks the key line. So 
Some apps account for this by indenting, doing a negative margin for that top thing so that the three dots do align to that right side key line, but it reduces the width of your tap target for that, for that icon, so it becomes harder to tap. The icon next to it has its tap target bleed in further. You know what I mean? So you're losing accessibility to have it look better. So with the vertical thing, it's not as aesthetically pleasing, but when you put it into a card or you put it into a list row or something like that, it takes up a whole lot less space, right? Like it's a it's a much yeah. more unobtrusive item. I think it's an interesting trade-off though, but I guess maybe it's even worth calling it like why do we why is it three dots? And I feel like in Apple land where it's three dots side by side, it's like an ellipses, right? Right. Yeah. It's like something got truncated tap here to view the the results of that truncation but as soon as you flip the three dots vertical it means something else or it's like communicating the same thing but it's lost that i don't know callback to a familiar pattern of text truncation so i've done some thinking about this brian yeah. <laughs> here's why i think this is so so that like you said the horizontal one is usually appended to the end of other icons so you have like Icon, 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 dot, 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 right? So it's almost like smaller versions of those things shrunk down into its own one icon you tap on that expands. Kind of like the apps in an app library. It has like the, the four icons and the size yeah. one icon. Yeah. With the vertical one, though, it, it seems like it's more hearkening to the menu that it triggers. When you tap it, you get a vertical list of menu items, right? So it's almost like that vertical three dot predicts the thing that it triggers or represents the thing that is triggered by it rather than being a more metaphorical thing or fitting in with the items that it lives next to. Does that make sense? It makes sense. I suppose Apple wins because they have, there's like two elements of cleverness to it. And I think Google, you only get one, right? Like with Apple, you get, like your, to your point, it's usually a continuation of an, other icons next to it. So you can kind of squint and imagine those more icons shrunken down to a dot, continuing that row. And then it also has the ellipses. And then Google just has sort of the form factor mapping. So maybe Apple wins. At least for me, I feel like it's the more correct orientation. But then if you do that on Android, it just looks weird because <laughs> we're also used to it on Android, yeah. right? Like that's just how Android works and how it looks. Yeah, exactly. It, l- it looks weird to put a horizontal overflow. Yeah, because you want to like meet users where they are. And if they're used to one thing, meaning, oh, well, that's the menu. As soon as you flip it, then you've, you've crossed streams and you're not actually being helpful to anyone in that particular case. This would be a decision that Material would have to make, right? They would have to say, okay, we're done with yeah. the vertical. We're going horizontal. And then you could you could follow along. But yeah. Until then, vertical... Or in, intrepid designers uh, <laughs> like yours truly can just be like YOLO and put some horizontal dots on their Android app, which I believe we do. Uh, I think we have we have horizontal ellipses, or we call them kebabs, horizontal yep, kebabs. Kebab. We have those in uh, our Android app. And I think that's actually more of a GitHub thing. That's just the icon that we have. Mm. Uh, we have the kebab, horizontal kebab icon, which we keep consistent across all platforms. So I don't know. Okay, so we, we've talked about the different orientations of the kebab, of the three dot. But there's also different sizes, right? So sometimes it gets shrunken down. Um, you usually see this on, like I was mentioning earlier, cards, like in, in the news app. It's very, very small. In the bottom right corner in iOS 15, it's impossible to tap on. 
And when you do it smaller like that, it, again, it makes more room for the content and the container that the three dot is part of. But when something looks really small, even if it isn't actually harder to tap, even if the actual tap target is 44 by 44 or 48 square, it still feels hard to tap. And users will strain to make sure they're tapping exactly on that thing. God forbid it isn't actually the minimum tap target size, and you're, you're messing up if you did that, but feeling like you have to tap a very tiny, tedious thing is not a good thing to force a user to have to do, right? Agreed. Yeah, you got to add some extra bounding box padding. And that's kind of the nice thing about the circle three dot that, that Apple uses is it gives it a little bit more visual weight. It feels like a little bit easier to tap on it. My big fat finger has a better chance of hitting it when I tap down. Sure. Okay, so that's if you put it on a card just on a, on a regular background. What if you have a card or some sort of cell that has imagery in it and your three dots usually go in the top right? What do you do there? Well, you have to background protect but now you're having a background protect on any image that it could be. So either if you're on iOS, maybe you're doing a blur or a drop shadow or, or some sort of transparent overlay. But now it's getting busier and you're covering imagery that might be important for the user to see. There might be something up in that top right corner or wherever it happens to be. that will be obscured by your background protection just so that people can see your damn three dot, you know. So I guess maybe a way to try and end this is to is to ask some questions, right? So Okay, yeah. Let's uh, get into it. Are dots really necessary, Brian? Do we have to have these three dots? Yeah, I wonder like is this still lazy or have we all just sort of admitted collective defeat and accepted <laughs> this new pattern, right? Yeah. It's so easy, but like I said, I feel like it's a crutch, you know? So is the primary solution then to always seek out ways to avoid the three dots? Like go as, as long as you can without the three mm-hmm. dots and only when necessary. Do you have any other like constraints that tell you when you need a three dot? Like uh, there's got to be at least a couple menu items in there. It feels weird to have just one or I don't know, other things that would make it easier for you to decide whether you needed one in the first place? Well, you know what's fucked up is that I almost just assume it as a default now. I'm like, okay, where am I going to put that three dot? <laughs> you know what I mean? But when you work on, on, on an app that has content on it that could be added to a collection or removed from things, you're automatically starting to get into a point where it's like, well, maybe this content is, is questionable or maybe this content needs to be flagged for some reason or removed or whatever it happens to be. Moderation and destruction feel like a good heuristic there, yeah. Yeah. Those kinds of things. Maybe heuristic strong word, like a category of actions, yeah. Yeah, so those, I mean, I guess it would be, yeah, basically negative actions or things that are super redundant and will appear over and over again. So I, I kind of like three dot as modification or deletion or m- perhaps also moderation, depending on the kind of app you're building. Like, It's also like if if you want to make the container houses that three dot if you want to make that container just one big fat tap target that's a good reason to use a three dot it's like okay if you tap anywhere on this thing you're gonna go to the main destination Mm -hmm. but yeah it just always feels so i feel dirty brian I i feel like i'm committing a sin every time i put stuff in a three dot it's like well I'm immediately making sure that the metrics will go down on this thing, right? Or I'm, I'm hiding it from people. And like, I, I feel like there's an immediate demotion that happens to all of those things that I'm saying to the user, like, you shouldn't do this. It, it comes back to one theme for us, which is like, we're really curious about how, like, all of the functionality available in our apps, like, we're the kind of people that we download an app and the first place we go is settings, right? It's like, what are all the things that I can control? And 
if there's an advanced settings, it's like, ooh, <laughs> show me that. I'm for sure advanced. Expand. And I just don't know that like most people interact with software in that way to the point where truly like if it exists in the three dot, it basically doesn't exist at all because if there's no label there, if it's not really clear that it's an extension of some other set of actions, like truly truncating other actions alongside a row of icons, there's no reason to be curious and to tap into that and see what could exist behind it. I guess maybe that's just something to keep in mind, right? Like as soon as you put something in there, expect very, very few people to find it. Right. So don't put anything primary in there. Or if you're hinging on metrics for certain action, it should certainly never go in there. But of course, there's too much important functionality that you can't surface at all. So sure. Or I would say the other end of that spectrum, which is just put everything in there so that if anyone goes to look for anything <laughs> other than do yeah. what would be obvious to do tapping anywhere on this thing, they can find it there. And, and another advantage to, to, on, the, on the pro side of using a three dot is, like I said, usually it triggers a, a, an action sheet or a contextual menu. Those allow for labels next to your icons. So where you would maybe only have an icon to represent an action or a concept here you can pair that icon with a label to provide better clarity for people who might not understand what that icon means if they're new to your product. You know, Even more than that, at this point, I think those context menus can house quite complex interfaces. I was looking at the Safari redesign for iOS 15 and that three dot in the new tab bar design, that opens like a fairly large sectioned context menu in I think some of those contain now extensions. You can have Safari extensions on iOS. So you get like nice icons. I don't know if there's toggles on there. So anyways, these context menus are also getting quite rich. Uh, there's some actions like copying, adjusting text size, going to the privacy report, but also enabling extensions, going to an extensions marketplace, it looks like. And then, of course, all your other stuff like adding it to your, your reader, at creating a bookmark from something from a tab so i mean anyways it's becoming very very deep and complex yeah i mean it triggers a full-on page sheet i think mm -hmm. is what they're called but yeah and on ipad it triggers a popover which is is like a full list thing with horizontal buttons and everything yeah these these things can trigger very long lists if you look in apple music when you tap on any given song or albums three dot it's a lot of things there's like four different sections with the thick dividers and everything you know what i mean like it gets pretty long, scrollable even. So then do we maybe just assume that, okay, well, this is a pattern. It has been at this point blessed by iOS for many generations. And in order to do a lot of like pretty basic stuff in some of the stock apps, you kind of have to tap on it. Like more and more people that use Apple Music as the stock music player, they kind of have to tap on that three dot at some point if they care about playlists or anything else, right? So maybe can we just accept that this is a pattern? Well, here's my question, Brian, is what are some alternatives, right? And yeah. a mm -hmm. clear alternative to this is the long press or the haptic press, haptic touch, what do they call it on iOS? I forget mm -hmm. now. Force touch is what they used to call it, which is a terrible fucking name. Force touch to, th to 3D touch. Long press. It's fucking long press. Anyways, t tap and hold or however you want to refer to it. That is also a common, essentially a right click for a touch interface, right? The problem is, is that discoverable <laughs> enough? Is that accessible enough? Zero percent. Is that preferable? Yeah. You know, it would clean up the interface. You would, you would 
prevent this world where we end up in the same way that we have banner blindness now for ads. Like people just ignore that shit because they see it everywhere. Are we going to have three dot blindness eventually where people are just going to ignore all the three dots? Maybe that's a good thing that we don't have to remove them from the interface for people to not mind them. I don't know. But there's also swiping, right? In, in list actions, you can get to those extra things. They're hidden. There's no affordance for it. There's no visual signifier for it. Just people know that you can swipe list rows, right? I'm not even sure if that's totally true. Some people know, but I, I would still classify any swipe action and any long press action as a power user action. Uh, maybe you get away with it in, I don't know, maybe mail. But even apps like Messages, which everybody would use on iOS, it's not really obvious that you can swipe those things. And I'm not sure that many people would discover that you know that you can swipe a thread to the right to mute notifications for that thread. Like uh, Maybe they collect metrics on this and I, I would be surprised, but my hunch is as soon as you push something down to a swipe action or a long press, also assume that that feature won't be used. So you got to surface it, if it's important, surface it in some other way in the detail view or with some other signifier on the cell, in this case, a three dot. Yeah. So are we stuck with dots forever, Brian? I think they're here for a while. At this point, just kind of reading the, the tea leaves here in Apple's presentations and sort of the evolution we've seen where it's sort of worked its way deeper and deeper into the navigation hierarchy all the way down to individual cells and lines of text. It's like this thing is pervasive. It's like a virus that has spread and getting rid of this virus will be very hard without complicating the interfaces to to sort of unfurl that stuff. So I think it's here for a while. Yeah, I think you're right. That's kind of what I've resigned myself to. But boy, I would love to live in a world where everyone understood long press. Yeah, I don't think we'll get there. Maybe iPad will start to use hover in more interesting ways. Like maybe, I don't think you could ever reveal icons on hover on a touch device. You just couldn't reliably assume that somebody has a cursor. And so, yeah, I I don't know. Long press would be nice, a nice alternative here. But I mean, even look, go to like the messages app, right? Like there's a three dot in the nav bar for the messages app. There's nothing too long pressed to get to those kinds of actions, like editing your name and photo. There's just nowhere else. Yeah, I guess I'm so. thinking about like a, a per item long press, but yeah, totally. Well, here, what about this? What is the three dot of future interfaces like in AR or VR? Is it, you know, the back of the page type thing where you flip the card over and there's other stuff back there? Is that the new understanding of, yeah, there's just stuff on the back if I want to do more? Or, you know, what's the new thing? Because I hope it's not a three dot. (laughs) You know what I mean? I think it's going to be a three dot. (laughs) Oh, God, no. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Three dimensions to work with. And we're like, yeah, each of those dimensions is a dot. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. There you go. There's your more. Not three dot, three sphere. Three spheres. There you go. They're going to have little shadows. Maybe, Maybe if we have an AR or VR designer listening, tell us what's up with how you handle functionality overflow and truncation. What's the signifier for that? Cool. All right. Cool things, Marshall? Cool things, Brian. You want to go first? Sure. Okay. I don't know. I'm just going to sound like such a dingus saying this, but I'll just say it anyways. I realized last Friday, I think, my brain is broken. I have built up very intense muscle memory of 
opening my phone and navigating to certain apps anytime I have a spare second in my day. You know, wake up, roll over, open phone, and I just had this routine. It was check Twitter, check email, check Slack. Like I'm doing all this shit in bed before I've gotten up. And I would open my phone and open Twitter and then I would lock my phone, put it in my pocket and two seconds later, pull my phone out, unlock it, open Twitter, nothing new. Like truly like this is addiction level. And I I realized that my brain had just broken and I had the same problem, not only on my phone, but also on my laptop, just spending way too much time on all this shit, like probably was netting out at like two to three hours a day on Twitter. Wow. And that's just insanity. And so my cool thing this week, <laughs> I hope it lasts. I've taken a break. I just signed out of Twitter on all my devices and deleted the apps from my phone, deleted YouTube, deleted Reddit. I think those are the big ones. YouTube, Twitter, and Reddit where I was really messing around. And man, I'm telling you, it has been not hard, but I, I keep pulling my phone out of my pocket and I'm like looking for the freaking Twitter icon to tap it and it it's not there. And then I realize how dumb I am I'm just staring at my phone and I have nothing to look at and I'm slowly transitioning out I think I'm like three or four days in where I've gotten to the point where I'm recognizing that my phone just doesn't have interesting things on it really like it's really just fallen back to a just-in-time tool for getting something done oh I need to send a text message oh I need to add a to-do to my things list or I need to look at a photo or take a picture like much more action oriented and less passive. Anyways, that's my cool thing is taking a break. Uh, it also lines up nicely where I'm going to be on vacation for a couple of weeks, disconnected from work, and I just need to unplug. And I don't know, maybe the siren song of that Twitter feed will call back to me and I'll get sucked back in. But even if it's just a week or two break, I feel like that's worthwhile to kind of reset my brain. Uh, I wrote here in the notes if that's not an adequate cool thing, I did make a new purchase recently. I've had an Apple Watch since the first version, and I've had the same black sports band the whole time. I've never had another band. Yeah, same. I guess that's not true. I guess I have one other band that came with my Series 4. I have other bands, but I just don't wear them. I just wear the black one. Yeah, yeah. I just use the the black sports band. And the new Pride band came out this month for, for Pride Month. And it's one of the new solo loop. I forget the name of it. Oh, okay. But it's that like colorful interwoven nylon. I can't really tell the material. I should know this. I think it's awesome. It's beautiful. And it's so expensive. And so the way I justified it to myself is I said, I've had an Apple Watch for like five years and bought no bands. It's time I can buy one band. It's $100. Wow. It's comically overpriced. But it's really pretty. It is so nice, even in person and, and on my wrist. I really like the way it looks. So if I have to shout out a capitalist enterprise, here's, <laughs> here's to spending $100 on a piece of fabric that's on my wrist. But it's a good piece of fabric. Does it go to a good cause at least? Is there a reason it's $100? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's just really expensive. It's like all these other Apple Watch bands. like They're just expensive accessories. It is pretty wild that a watch band almost costs as much as a freaking HomePod mini. Like, just to put that in perspective, it's pretty nuts. But it's fashion. It's accessory. They're a fashion accessory. Yeah. So Wow. Okay. So, yeah, that's my cool thing and a half. Cool things. Um, enjoy your ranch in Wyoming. Uh, well, I'm in Colorado now. Yeah. It was a Kanye joke. Oh. 
Well, my cool thing this week, I watched Bo Burnham's new special on Netflix called Inside. Uh, you've seen it, right, Brian? Yeah, I watched it last Friday. Oh, man. Okay, so I've been watching Bo Burnham since like 2008, like since, since the, the beginning. beginning. Like, yeah. like all the early stuff in his parents' attic or wherever in those yep. films. Yep. And now he has this new special. It's called A New Tragedy Special, not A New Comedy Special. And that's apt. Like, it's kind of like watching a person fall apart. But it's all written, performed, filmed, and edited by him alone in his house. Or I think it's his guest house in his backyard or whatever. But made this whole thing by himself. And you see the progress of time and the wear it has on him as it goes along. But, yeah, I'd say... 100% 100% recommend it, especially if you've watched his other stuff and liked his other stuff. This is different. It's kind of the same, but it's a little bit darker. Uh, more revealed skin than I would have preferred. Uh-huh. Yeah, we see a little more bow. Well, yeah. FYI, just a, a forewarning there. But but as always, great social commentary, largely about tech and the internet and being a content creator online. He's got this reaction video in, in the middle of it that is... One, hilarious, and two, very accurate, and three, really clever. It's so good. It was That one was really well done. The overall show is very fragmented. It jumps from thing to thing. He even says, like, don't uh, expect really good transitions, but it flows well. Each thing kind of goes into the next thing really well. His use of lighting is amazing. Like I said, he's just alone in this room, but he used all these really clever lighting setups to create really awesome visuals that look cinematic despite it being filmed by one guy alone in a room uh, with some like smart home lights or something and you know, just really si- simple tech. But he uses that lighting, th- this like really bright spotlight, especially to have kind of some meaning, you know, he, he packs a lot of meaning into this stuff. So yeah, the lighting, the, even the aspect ratio uh, that any given shot is filmed and he uses projections in really mm-hmm. clever mm-hmm. and insightful way that I think makes more sense on subsequent viewings, how he's using those projections. It's interesting which shots he leaves in because there's a lot of stuff that is like a peek behind the curtain or him adjusting lights, him messing with the camera even bits before and after the take, like the the shot just keeps going after the yeah. take ends. And you see him like, okay, check that. You know what I mean? There, there's one, I mean, he's making a meta commentary inside the commentary. And I think the, the example that stands out the most to me is after one of the songs, I think it's the white woman's Instagram song that ends. And it's very, it's a funny song and super bright and colorful and poppy. And it has a catchy melody and then it cuts to a black room and he's sitting in the middle of it, staring at his laptop, watching his own edit of that song. And it's all of a sudden in that context, just incredibly depressing. Yeah, just this tinny sound in an empty echo. Him room. watching himself. Analyzing yeah, the thing he totally just Totally alone. Yeah. Yep. Man. There's, yeah, there's a lot of subtext in this thing. But like you mentioned... They're great songs as well. So they're funny and or beautiful and or poignant. Um, He starts off with a song called Healing the World with Comedy, which is like a sarcastic, self-important song that acts as a caveat for the entire rest of the show of like, I'm going to heal the world with comedy. Just kidding. But like, I'm going to make a bunch of jokes. You know, hopefully it helps. But here we go. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. He has this like kids song called How the World Works that teaches a very brutal lesson 
like you mentioned, white woman's Instagram, which I would not have guessed was satire had I not known it was satire. There's a song called Problematic, which is an, like an 80s workout jam that is kind of him examining his old questionable material he made when he was younger. There's a song called Welcome to the Internet, which is like a an evil carnival barker villain, you know, trying to lure children in to use the Internet. And it's pretty fucking mm-hmm. accurate, which leads into another song called That Funny Feeling, which is essentially a campfire song about the end of the world. And I don't uh-huh. disagree with him. But uh, one of the last songs is I don't, I'm making up names for all of these things. because I don't think they're actually named, but. All Eyes on Me is like this fucking stadium banger, but it's manic kind of at the same time. You know what I'm talking about that one? No, that one was dope. Yeah, yeah, the the whole thing is a masterpiece, and I hope he's okay (laughs) is how I want to end this. It's, it's, It's amazing. I think it's actually, having watched it a few times now, I think it's a masterpiece, but I really hope he's doing well. Same. I remember while watching it, just realizing internally, I'm like, there's no, I, I can't see a world where I could come up with any of this. Nope. There's so much creativity on display. It's fun to watch and even just meta analyze like, oh, like, okay, he's figured out how to set the lighting like this and it's creating this cool effect. Like, I wonder how long that took him just messing around, finding what looks cool. And he kind of includes some of those shots at the beginning. He'll like, you know, some of those behind the scenes clips of him moving lights around to see the effect that it would have playing on his shadow and stuff. But I imagine it was just hours and hours of tinkering with toys, lots of lighting setups, audio looping, audio layering, projection layering. Very, very creative. But yeah, man, I hope he's okay. He's like, <laughs> yeah. But watch the special. If, if you've never seen it before, hopefully this has primed you well enough to understand what you're getting into if you've seen his old stuff you'll love this bo burnham inside on netflix all right this has been episode 401 we hope you enjoyed it let us know what you thought thanks for your patience on uh letting us get to this a couple days late but uh please tweet at us let us know what you thought what we missed on the three dot conversation if you have your own creative solution to three dots or just getting rid of them entirely, we'd love to hear. Yeah. And as a reminder, if you are not supporting the show yet, we got a whole bonus segment waiting for our supporters in the sidebar. Sidebar, sidebar. sidebar is a bonus segment available to our supporters on Patreon at patreon.com slash design details. For just a buck a month, you get that extra bonus content. Today, it's all about WWDC. So if you want to hear that and more, that's patreon.com slash design details. Just about a month. Just about a month. I can do this all day. <laughs> but that's it for us this week. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Bye. You know what I realized? I forgot to mention it in the segment, but in Bo's final song in that Inside special, he it's like, so long, goodbye. And, and one time he goes, bye. He does the same fucking bye that I do. And I was like, <laughs> oh, 
Is he making uh-huh. is he making fun of me? I think he's making fun of me. I think he's a design details listener. I think he's a huge <laughs> I think he's a huge fan of our work. Yeah, I know. I think it's like to me specifically, right? Uh-huh. Is, is he mocking me specifically? I think yeah, he is. He, that was a that was a big wink to you, Marshall. 